This podcast is brought to you in part by Shorewinder, the industry-leading tool for winding residential and commercial springs with a cordless drill. Let us shoulder the burden for you. And check us out at Shorewinder.com. Hey guys, Ryan here with Torch Talk Podcast. Did you know that I also run a marketing agency with the absolute best crew? I keep hearing from other garage door companies how their SEO company or their web design company is just not cutting it. We never hear that here. I don't know why. Maybe it's because we work really, really hard for you door guys out there. Check us out, suchandsuchmedia.com. You got the pricing and everything right on the website. Full transparency. And we're going to work really hard because you are the champion of your story. And we just want to be a small part of your success and celebrate it with you. Great customer service. Amazing web design. Phenomenal SEO. It's going to get you ranked. Give us a shout such and such media.com. What's up guys, Ryan here with Torsion Talk Podcast. And today I've got a special guest. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of uh, Access Garage Doors, but it's my opinion that uh, I think they're kind of setting the standard for what a franchise looks like in our industry or should look like. Um, and Jesse and I met for the first time. I think uh, we chatted on Facebook actually first, and then we met. But Jesse um, hit me up on Facebook or I hit him up. I don't remember. And then we chatted a little bit and then I met him. I had the pleasure of meeting him at Expo. Uh you know, like, I I feel like, uh, you know, when you first approached me about, you know, talking about your, uh, your franchise, I took like a wait and see approach. I probably even told you that. Did I tell you that? I probably did. You, you absolutely did. And, uh, <laughs> more or less words. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I am an optimist, but, um, when I see multiple things go wrong with the same, uh, format or whatever, I have a tendency to be kind of pessimistic. I'm like, Oh yeah, sure. Sure. You are. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that works. Right. Uh, yeah. well f watching you from a distance, it's been pretty impressive. Uh, as a matter of fact, like, I think I remember the conversation where I doubted you and doubted you and you, you told me that, uh, you know, some of the reasons why you thought you guys would be different. Uh, and, and I feel like you're doing all those things, which is somewhat unique. Um, because in my experience, I get a lot of people hit me up uh, from franchises in the country that uh, are in the garage door industry. And they have a lot of comments about how they got sucked in or they got told one thing. They came into the franchise and then those uh, those things weren't delivered upon, um, and so it's uh, it, I gotta I gotta admit, like from hearing all those stories about being part of a franchise, um, really discouraged me from the franchise view. Uh, and so when you approached me and we started talking about you know uh, how successful you would be in the industry. I was probably a little reserved and, um, and, uh, doubtful. And so, uh, tell me a little bit about your background prior to starting access garage doors. What led you into it? So I, I come up, uh, basically working part-time in my mom and dad's business, which was one, it was a fish and tackle wholesale business at nine years old and hustling tackle, tying spinner baits and making fishing jigs with my dad, traveling around different tackle stores and talking with people, of course, selling uh, what a lot of people like to call sale. I just call it education. Um, but, you know, I started at a very early age with that. And so I've always had that, uh, what I consider a healthy, um, a healthy drive generally and uh, I grew up in their business then eventually worked for Valvoline Instant Oil Change which now looking back at it you know I worked for them for five years I was getting out of school a half a day uh, in high school my last two years 
because I was able to get out of school and just go to work. So I was. Was that because 15, you were smart and you were ahead of the game? No, not at all. <laughs> I, I I do not see myself as a smart person. Um, I, I what I lack in uh, intelligence, I'm um, I'm making up with just hard work. And um, so anyway, uh, looking back at it though, with my experience with Valvoline. I was able to learn a lot about franchising and how a business can be organized. And um, so uh, then while working in the family business as well, I learned a lot of struggles of um, a regular day-to-day business, small business owner, but also learned what that success looked like. Learned a lot from both experiences. Eventually came back to my mom and dad's business, was running it, and we were introduced, me and my dad was introduced to the garage door industry and what the possibilities may hold. And and next thing you know, I'm out there doing garage doors um, and selling garage doors and services under his company. And eventually I split off on my own and um, started Access Garage Doors. Nice. And where, where did you grow up? So, uh, here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Okay. So Chattanooga is not too far from where we're at. Uh, for those of you guys who don't know, it's probably, I don't know, hour and a half. Is that right? Yeah. An hour and a half, two hours. Depends on what you're driving. Yeah, that's true. Uh, if I'm driving, it's an hour and a half. Uh, you guys are just on the other side of the border in Tennessee. Um, I've got, uh, by the way, huge shout out to Reverb. Uh, it's a buddy of mine. They helped me out with the conference. They're out of Chattanooga, Tennessee. So if you need a story brand video, they're the bomb. Um, and they're local. They did. Uh, they do a lot of live events. They did Lee Day. Are you familiar with Lee University? Yeah, I sure am. Yeah, so every year they do like this big recruiting day where they bring kids in and they get to sit in on the classes that they want with the professors and, um, you know, talk to administration and the financial aid and all that stuff. Well, uh, because of COVID last year, they had to do it virtual and uh, reverb was brought in to kind of organize that whole thing. Anyway, I heard it went well, uh, but reverb's awesome. amazing. They're really uh, deep into the, the, uh, the culture there in Chattanooga. So anyway, rabbit trail. Uh, anyway, like, so, you start access. Did you start it with the idea that it would be a franchise or did you start it with the idea that you were just going to start your own business and the franchise idea came up later? I wanted to make $600 a week was my goal. I had truck payment and I was living in an apartment and needed a little bear money too. You know, so $600 a week back then, 16 years ago, that was going to, that was going to cover me. And that was my first goal. Then my second goal was I started seeing that, uh, or my next step was really, I started seeing, wait a minute, now I need a facility. I need a showroom. And um, it's just been a succession of one thing after another. And uh, you know, the thing is, is I look back on it now and we made, we made a lot of wrong moves early on. And I think that's, extremely valuable to give me an example of a wrong move you made that actually paid paid you back well i mean we went uh did a lot of advertising that was just wasn't right for the business um you know i i've got different types of advertising that i i feel strongly against um like in this industry um I'll give you a a small piece here, you know, radio call to action. I don't believe in it. Um, Billboards. um, I don't believe in it. Um, And uh, there's other ways of doing that advertising, Mm -hmm. but you know, some of the other moves that I made is um, I ended up trying to get into other businesses. Uh, I didn't, stay focused and realize the full potential of being in one business, one industry and doing it to the maximum capability. And I think once I got refocused on that, um, well, that was 
about the same time the housing crash happened. So <laughs> it was it, our, our business with garage doors evolved in itself because we started off, I was living in an apartment complex. I could go out and get contractors like crazy and back in those days. But then when the contractors went away, we had no retail business to speak of really. Uh, not in my opinion. I would tell people what I did for a living um, and, and they wouldn't, they didn't know the name. And I started realizing um, that if we wanted to, one, continue in the business, but number two, thrive in the business, then we were missing a big part with the retail sector. Right. And, and I don't believe in one over the other. I, think, I, I believe in a good, healthy mix, too. Um, and we didn't have that healthy mix back then when the housing crash happened. Yeah, I, I haven't been in the door game uh, that long. So when you, um, when you decided, what, well, like, what made you decide that you wanted a franchise? I mean, you went from, if I can just make $600 a week, uh, pay my bills, I'm happy, to, all right, we're, we're going to launch in a franchise and go national, uh, potentially international, who knows. Uh, but what, what triggered that? Like, that's a pretty drastic difference in mentality from one to the other. So, um, one, I was at a cheer competition with my daughter. Ah, my daughter's in cheer too. Oh man. And you realized you couldn't afford it. So you had to start a franchise. Enough said, if you're in cheer, (laughs) man, you've got to do more, more, more (laughs) simple as that. Yeah. But no, I, I was at a cheer competition in in Gatlinburg and I was talking to an old um, school buddy of mine and he was involved in franchising. And of course, in his short pitch, uh, walking down the road, we just, he said, he said, basically, you know, Hey, Jesse, instead of you starting, I was looking for more growth. How am I going to grow? I was asking my reps, you know, what areas around here are weak um, and where would be a, a, a good second location, third location. And I was already looking at that and I started realizing too that, you know, it is a massive undertaking starting a business, whether it's a franchise or independent, it, it's not for the faint at heart. And so he started talking to me and he said, Jesse, you turn into, instead of a boss, you turn into more of a resource instead of calling them and saying, why aren't you doing this? Do this. Why make sure you do this you turn into more of a resource type um, personality in that relationship. And that's where, you know, the franchisee is calling you saying, Hey, I've got this problem. Uh, What is your experience with this and how can you help me? And I'm a natural, I started seeing myself go to Clope leadership conferences and, and other events within the industry. And I'm sitting around and I'm a blabbermouth. I mean, I'll, I'll go on and on about garage doors forever. And, um, you know, I get with my buddies and I got to tell myself, shut up. Nobody cares about the garage door <laughs> industry, you know, in that yeah. certain circle. But the thing is, uh, I started seeing myself educating other people and starting to take that role inadvertently. I was just, I, I'm natural at it. And I'm like, man, that sounds like what I want to do. Yeah. I mean, I get franchisees coming here for our training and or on the phone when they're uh, we're conferencing back and forth about what their deal might look like. And it's just, I don't know how to describe it. It's just a vibe that you get. It's like going out to that customer's house and you know that everything is meshing you're going to be able to solve this problem for them this problem for them you're going to be able to provide this and you know too that you're not selling smoke and mirrors that you're actually going to follow up with that so even from selling a garage door out on a job site and then now transitioning into selling franchises i see myself as just that natural educator and i want to help people um, that, uh, it, I just take to it naturally. Nice. 
So you currently have how many locations? So in a year and a half, uh, we started offering about a year and a half ago, and we've awarded 10 locations, and I believe we're at um, eight are open at this point, in addition to Chattanooga. So that's some pretty strong growth. We've got, I'm sorry, go ahead. That's some pretty strong growth. It, it is. Uh, one thing that, you know, we've got, um, it's just like this thing, uh, this picture hanging back behind me. You know, we're adamant, me and my team, we're constantly putting ourselves in check. And I think that's important. You know, when we sell a franchise, it's all champagne bottles and the team celebrating and everything. But as soon as that, uh, as soon as that franchisee leaves town, we're like, okay, what do we got to do? What do we got to do to get this location off the ground? What do we got to do for um, the other franchisees that are developing their business? Um, not yet open. And then what do we got to do also for our franchisees that are open? Right. And I think that's something kind of a double-edged sword when we honestly when we have some of the big things that are happening happen we've got to think about what could fall through the cracks and we have to stay focused on that and in, in other words stay very humble with this yeah so i imagine you probably get a lot of applicants of people who are interested in a franchise uh what's the process like uh, either answer it one way or the other. What's the press process like, or what are you looking for in that, you know, I wouldn't say perfect partner, but the partner that's going to uh, kind of fit the mold. Because I think about like when I'm interviewing people, sometimes I fall in love with them. Right. And then you find out like later they are not who they said they were uh, as a franchisor, you're in a little bit of a pickle at that point. So I imagine you have to do a lot of due diligence. Um, can you speak to a little bit of that process and, and what you guys go through? So one, I'll say, you know, me and Ryan talked just very briefly before this started and I'm not selling franchises on here. What I would like to do is just educate yeah. people to what the franchising model is for a better understanding. But, you know, the thing is, there is a term that's used in franchising, and, and you heard me say it a second ago, we awarded a location. And the reason uh, a lot of people take the sale word out of it because they don't want to sound like a greasy salesperson. Um, and I don't want to sound like that either. But there's another dynamic to this, and it, it's not that we're selling franchises. This has to be a mutually beneficial relationship. And again, this is not something to be taken lightly. We're not just saying, here's your franchise, go ahead and start working on garage doors um, and then collecting a check every month. Um, so the thing is, when you start the process, you're going to see ads, you're going to then turn around and turn in basically a lead to us. And then my team starts working with you to what we call a pre-qualification process. This is where we're going to talk to you, find out what your visions are, where you're at in life, um, where you're at in your market. I mean, we're, we even start looking at territory that early on in the, in the stage to see if we've got available territory where you want it. But then we're moving on to further, more in-depth conversations. There's you know, applications that's got to be filled out. There's um, certain financial requirements that we're looking for that person to have. Background checks, credit checks. This is, it, it's not, it, we're not the CIA or anything like that, but we're, we're definitely, we want to know who we're getting into business with. And they should know who they're getting into business with. Um, so what we, what we found, what we've been educated on, even though we've only been franchising for a year and a half, and there was probably ever bit of a year and a half development before that, we've got a, uh, even down to our franchise firm that works behind the scenes with us, uh, to help guide us in the correct direction to deliver a good, honest, um, franchise program out there. 
So then from there, we're moving on, you know, everything's meshing, everything's working. We work out territory and where that's going to be. Then we're moving on to usually discovery day. Discovery day is basically we've talked about the business. We've talked about this is what your um, business is going to look like. And then you're ultimately coming to discovery day. And this is where they get to lay eyes on the operation. They get to see the, see the show. In other words, we don't stage anything. Um, we don't park Lamborghinis out in the front parking lot and, <laughs> and, and all that. It's a real deal. I joke around with all the franchisees and uh, I tell them when they come to discovery day, we don't even sweep the floor. And my staff told me last week that Jesse, you just don't see us sweep the floor before they come. <laughs> and You're so, too busy doing something else. Yeah. But the thing is, um, you know, we want to show the real business. We don't sugarcoat this. We tell them, look, it's going to be hard work. Um, and, but we're here for that, uh, to support you through that venture. Um, Are you but anyway, they come to discovery day and ideally we're, we're closing the deal right there. They, they walk out and, um, basically, uh, we're popping a bottle of champagne. We're celebrating the new venture. And it, like I said, as soon as they leave that day, we're opening them up digitally to all the resources and, saying we're I'm getting on the phone with vendors working out their best distribution channels and things like that. I mean, we hit the ground running. Nice. So everyone's drunk and you're setting up a website and reaching out to vendors, right? That's, that's how we do it, man. <laughs> that's great. No, I'm just messing with you. Um, what kind of champagne are you drinking? Cause that's super important. Is it like the cheap stuff or did you go like high, high no, end or is it mid grade? You would ask me a question. I, I don't even pay attention to the name. I'm just messing with you. All right. It, so the guy that got you into franchising, um, is he involved in your business or was he just like helping you get it set up or giving you the idea? No, just basically uh, gave me the idea and um, and, I, and I took it from there. Nice. Um, made some introductions uh, to some um to some people to help assist me. Um, and then, yeah, you start writing checks. So I'm not familiar with the franchise model uh, in terms of legalities and things like that. But I have heard rumors, and they're, to me they're rumors, that there are some tax benefits to being a franchise. Um, is it better on the tax side or is it worse than maybe like a LLC? Well, um, there's still an LLC and tax advantages usually comes into their individual situation and what they've got going on with their accountant. So I'm going to defer that one to the accountant. All right. So, yeah. uh, what is the buy-in to so, get a, a franchise? So that's the other thing that we really had to look at. Uh, I think, I think that most franchise fees are developed to where the franchisor is covered, whether that business fails or succeeds. Um, we got to the end of our development. I'm talking, man, a year, year and a half of constantly working on this. Of course, I also have Chattanooga operations mm -hmm. and, um, we got to the end of it and we're like, wait a minute, why are we requiring a showroom? Showroom's great to have, brick and mortar is great to have, but the reality is, is I started this business from an apartment complex right. and basically then rented out a, a detached garage at the apartment complex. So what we did, we, we really had to think back about 15 years ago, 16 years ago now, um, and think about how we got started. So one of the things that we did was we got to the end of the development of this huge binder, this 250 page binder uh, of this franchise agreement and said, whoa, we need to redo this and for a start from home package. And that did not please the people that I was working I'm with, sure. but uh, 
I felt like it was the right way. Yeah. So we basically redid it and we was able to, instead of having a $60,000, $100,000 franchise fee or, or startup cost, um, we're at $15,000 franchise fee and a, nice. total, a total startup cost of $35,000. And, um, and it does that, is that your total investment that you might make, uh, that you're going to make? Absolutely not. We do not do the smoke and mirrors. Thirty-five thousand gets you into the business, gets you operational, and then you're probably going to have a further investment, depending on how you structure and organize your business. Right. So right. we're always upfront about that. Okay. Uh, are you getting more people that are already in the door business, or are you awarding to people from outside the industry? So mainly we're awarding to people that are outside the industry. They either, sometimes they have a good technical background. Sometimes they have a good business background, one or the other. And they, they want that other side of um, support and guidance and structure. Um, but most of them are coming from without, outside the industry. Um, but we are getting quite a few leads from within the industry, which is also what our offerings were designed for. You know, if you've been a garage door guy for uh, 10, 20 years working for somebody else and you want to start your own venture, but you wanted to maybe do it better than the operation that you were working for or figure out how they were doing it, then definitely we're given that guidance and, um, and the resources to be able to do that. I dig it. So how do your guys at Chattanooga feel like I know when I launched my marketing agency, uh, I started splitting time and most recently we had the, the conference, uh, which really consumed, oh my God, 12 to 15 hours a day of me for almost three months. And so you know, my door company didn't see me at all, really. They saw me, you know, they saw my truck out front when they got there and they saw it there when they left, right? Uh, but now we're starting to see some of the repercussions of me being away. Uh, even though we have a really good staff and I got a general manager. Um, and so I'm diving in now, spending a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with people and, and, and you know, just uh, really... Uh, pushing overboard and trying to, to rekindle and, and reconnect uh, with my staff. So I, I look at all the challenges that come along with, you know, starting a second business. And this is kind of like a second business to your everyday door business. Uh, what have been the effects of Chattanooga? How do your employees at Chattanooga feel about this? You know, and has that changed from the original concept and the idea of it? to now where you've, you're starting to see some success. Somer is a European-based garage door opener manufacturer who has recently opened Somer USA out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Serving more than 90 countries worldwide, with our 40 years of experience, Somer produces one of the highest quality openers on the market. Combining German engineering and manufacturing, Somer uses direct drive technology to make their openers and opener accessories durable, long-lasting, quiet, and with the maximum lifting force. Further, Somer has earned both IDA and DASMA certifications by maintaining the quality and innovation standards set in place by national and international garage door associations. Maintaining these standards has allowed Somer to create the most versatile operator on the market, featuring unique optimization and diagnostic tools to make their operator perfect for every job and every customer. For more information on Somer operators, visit Somer dash usa.com that's s-o-m-m-e-r dash usa.com or contact their charlotte office at 877-766-6607 bifolding overhead doors are simply cool therefore if you install one you too are cool all kidding aside swice makes the best bifold door on the market so when you have an opportunity to sell a bifold check them out first as a matter of fact, Bifold security doors are hot right now. If you check out their website, Bifold.com, you can see hundreds of ideas on how businesses are using Bifold doors. They have tons of photos on their website. They've supplied doors 
bifold doors for restaurants, basketball stadiums like Golden One Center in Sacramento, retail stores, and even spectacular homes. These doors are a game changer and a statement piece. If you want a project that will draw attention, sell Schweiss door. Tell them Ryan with Torch Talk Podcast sent you. Visit bifold.com. That's B-I-F-O-L-D.com. Uh, with my staff. So I, I look at all the challenges that come along with, you know, starting a second business. And this is kind of like a second business to your everyday door business. Uh, what have been the effects of Chattanooga? How do your employees at Chattanooga feel about this, you know, and has that changed from the original concept and the idea of it to now where you've, you're starting to see some success? I think one thing, you know, I told you I'm not smart, but what I do is I make up with hard work, um, for what I like there. You know, I think that one, you, our staff is highly motivated and in extremely good spirits about what's happening nationally now. Um, I think at the beginning, there was some intrepidation by individual employees. You know, one thing that the, fir the franchise firm that I work with um, warned me of is that some people are going to elevate with you and some people will drop off. Um, I'm proud to say that nobody's dropped off really uh, none of the key members and we've got a staff of 25 um i think i've organized it in a in a way to where when chattanooga grows they grow but also when we grow nationally they grow um and i think that's important um you know as we went down this venture um to keep that in focus that I want to bring people up with me. Uh, I've been blessed with, uh, especially the franchise team. The The franchise team it, it consists of three other staff members that have been with me for over, uh, right there at a decade or over a decade of our 16 years. Um, that's been important. Uh, those people are invaluable to me. Um, but even down to technicians that are out there training franchisees I, uh, and the business has to be structured. And I'm speaking to anybody that owns a, a garage door business. Uh, the business, it, it is another business and you have to be structured and organized. I remember the days of a rep coming in from Rainer and talking to me and saying things that just sounded crazy in my first year or two. And it was like, man, I ain't got time for that. What are you talking about? I, I can't do that. And I started realizing that those standard business practices and what people say, you, you can't ignore that. And, and if you do those small things, there's rewards at the other end of uh, the road for that. Yeah. Nice. So, um, uh, I'm, I'm an outsider. I, I see like, um, when I got into the door game, my background was, uh, I was, I was a executive sales director at a software company. Um, no, no real prior knowledge of how to repair or replace or run a door company, but people in those industries are taught, uh, different skill sets, right? They're taught, um, you know, there's a lot of leadership training. Uh, there's a lot of management training. There's a lot of, uh, business ethics training, um, structure and processes. Uh, you naturally know how to use like, uh, CRMs and, um, document and take notes. Uh, those things and follow up and sales processes and marketing strategies that those are equally as important in my opinion, as the work being done in the garage. Uh, I don't think you can have one without the other. And so I do believe you're going to see a lot more people from outside the industry. And I've been seeing this trend uh, probably for the last year and a half, two years of people coming in from outside the industry and really doing a good job, like doing a good job. Uh, I know people 
want to like make garage doors, um, you know, residential garage doors seem overly complicated. But I'll remind everybody, I, I spent four and a half days in-person training and I had no prior knowledge of tools, names of tools, or how to even do a garage, like install or repair or anything prior to those four and a half days. And I came back here, launched the company, and my first one was a disaster. No doubt. Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, right? Like, uh, I, I struggled for a month or so. But then I figured it out. My back was against the wall. There was no turning back. I had to figure it out. I had one source of information, and he was out in California, and I had to FaceTime him. And if I was doing an early morning call, I was out of luck. Uh, so I think it's pr like in my experience, um, I'm meeting, you know, we're having a hard time finding people in the industry who have good ethics and, um, you know, business uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Morals. Yeah. Business morals, right? Like I've been stolen from, I've had property damaged. Uh, I, you know, guys are, are telling me F you when I invite them to a meeting, you know, like, okay, sure. Bye. Uh, so, uh, I think, um, in, in the grand scheme, and I don't want to get off on a tangent here, but I do want to have this conversation because, uh, number one, I think owners of garage door companies have created this atmosphere to a degree, right? Uh, because we wanted to pay everybody as a 1099 contractor and treat them as such. And now everybody wants to hire people as employees and they act like 1099 contractors and we're mad at them, right? So it's flipped yeah. and it's, I mean, every person's got to have their, you know, you, you got to know, you know, bygones and bygones and whatever. But um, I, I feel like now it's really hard to find people who are willing to follow the process and do things the right way. So we, we literally have started like an apprentice program. Um, and we're looking at pulling people from outside the industry because I'm just tired of the attitude. Like, honestly, like I'm... Uh, I'm I'm exhausted with just the basics that you think should be done aren't being done. Um, and I've mentioned it before, like uh, when you do, uh, like you can install a garage door, right? But that doesn't make you an installer. Um, you can repair a garage door, but that doesn't make you a service professional. Um, it, there's other things that go along with it that make you a service professional or make you an installer. And so I, I hit on that a lot and I spent a lot of time on that. Um, can you speak to kind of the, uh, I feel like you have a good grip on like the professionalism. I like the deliverables and the delivery that you have and the, the image. Uh, how important is professionalism and um, how are you making sure that the people you're bringing in as franchisees and the employees that you're bringing in are professional and do have those qualities? Yeah. Um, well, one, you say let bygones be bygones, but there's an ad out there. I just want to say this. There's an ad out there that everybody's calling me short. Okay. I'm 5'10". <laughs> I'm, I'm normal height, guys. Um, but they took the picture with, with a curved lens with me next to the truck in a suit. I look short. That's so, hilarious going to make that clear and I'm I'm taking notes of everybody that's made the, the can you send comments. me can you send me that photo <laughs> I'll send it to you I need it yeah uh but anyway uh never a curved lens again yeah but no I I think it's extremely hard in this industry and I've felt those same pains Ryan um that you know I saw ourselves years ago we were just operating haphazardly and we didn't have that structure we didn't have those little details of handbook and um we, we wasn't taking things seriously if you didn't curl the uh, the wire on the photo wise and staple it in the correct way we were we were kind of letting that go we, we were letting you know not wiping the doors down and the opener head unit um and handling that head unit right you know 
those things we were letting go. And we started creating this culture. Really, it was just out of frustration, but I realized that, yeah, we need to create a culture. We had not created a culture uh, to really speak of. And so basically one day I ended up putting up papers all over everywhere where technicians are that said, remember, you are a professional. Um, and we started holding our head a little higher. Some people would call it uh, verging on cocky. You know, our tagline is garage doors. It's what we do. Well, that saying goes so much deeper and has a history with us. And the thing is, is you have to create that in your business, in my opinion. It doesn't matter what level you're doing it at. Um, pay attention to the small details is what I would say. Um, uh, it's so important nowadays. You know, technicians with no holes in their britches, um, you know, and stuff like that. Uh, or, you know, trucks. Uh, touch up your truck. If you got a big old rust spot on your truck, hit the, hit it with a wire brush and hit it with some touch up paint. Those little things, customer sees that, and uh, especially in today's day, uh, today's times, you can't. Uh, the least little thing can get blown up out of proportion, and but more or less too, you're starting yourself off in a very negative light. Yeah. Um, right off the rip and what does a customer uh, what does a customer see when you when you pull up and you got a cigarette hanging out of your mouth and um and, and you walk up to the garage you put it out put it in their driveway whatever you know those little details too and so what does that customer see they're looking for your sloppiness from there on because they've already got a taste of it right um and something else you know, to have formal training programs within your business. I think that's huge. Yeah. Um, you know, not something that, oh, you're going to ride along for 30 days and then you're going to be promoted. It's something that's structured. Um, I think that's huge for us and our franchisees to adhere to and make sure that, um, to make sure that you're, you're producing professionals. Yeah. You get a group of business owners in a room together, it's going to be five minutes or less. Somebody's going to say, yeah, good good people are hard to find. Well, I think me and you talked about this, Ron, um, in Salt Lake City. You, you're not going to find good people nowadays. Uh, you're definitely not going to find a whole lot of garage door technicians that are going to come to you wanting a job. Uh, that's rare mm -hmm. nowadays, in my opinion. Um, I think we have to make these people, yeah. uh, and hone them, take their natural skills and show them how they can apply it to the garage door industry. And guess what? There's a lot of, there's a lot of margins in this industry. Yeah. That's the reason people are looking at it. And so, you know, guys that are on a framing crew and a saw man, whatever, that guy may want to come over and make his, 60 to a hundred thousand dollars a year doing one scope of work, same thing all day, day in, day out. Um, and using his hands, building something and, you know, provide those, I say, provide those, um, you know, every technician that comes to work here knows that there is a one, uh, there's potential to grow all the way up to the corporate franchise company. Um, but they, they also know that, there's discount programs for uh, when they do want to go buy a franchise uh, from us and start their own, there's discounts in place. So these guys that come to work here could even become franchise owners. Nice. Um, I think having that, that structure, those processes, the systems, uh, reinforcing that professionalism every day, day in, day out, and providing a path of clear success of where they can grow within the businesses Super benefits important. too. I feel like benefits yeah. are, are, you know, uh, there's just, I, I don't know. I talk to a lot of guys who are really surprised that we have, you get 10 paid days off a year. You get uh, 401k with match, you get health benefits, uh, vision, dental. Um, it, it's a real job. Wait a minute. What? Uh, so 
Like, I think that that's a, that people aren't used to getting that, right? Um, and, you know, we're, we're happy when our guys are able to buy a house or uh, we have one employee who just closed on a house. He's been with me for like, you know, three years or so. Uh, that's super exciting. Like, that is, you know, there's a lot of things that make me feel good. That's extremely rewarding that an employee feels confident and safe enough in his job at a door company where he can go buy a house. And I trust you. Yeah. I mean, I hope that's my goal, right? Like I, I want that to be the case. Uh, I want them to, you know, have kids and grow their family and not have to worry about, Hey, listen, uh, I could lose my job, you know, any day cause it's just emotionally unstable and, you know, the boss man's always coming in, firing people randomly and yelling and screaming and whatever. It's not like that. Right. And so I think, uh, the more people you have out there like you, um, that are, are changing the viewpoint, I think it's going to help, you know, create a better culture in our industry. And, uh, I love the fact that you go to the trade shows and get a booth too, because that's some, that's some stuff I would do. Like, uh, number one, look at me now. Right. Like, and then <laughs> it, it's like, um, you're working it, but you're, you're also, I, I imagine just the way I deal with a lot of the suppliers in the industry with the podcast and other things that the conference that we did, uh, like I imagine that it builds curiosity from their standpoint. Why is a garage door company got a booth? Right. And then they probably talk to you and they're like, Oh wow. Like this guy's not very smart, but he's a hard worker. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. so no, but, but I mean, you're a sharp guy. I know you don't give yourself credit for it, but, uh, I think it, it, to get this far, you couldn't have gotten there either without hiring extremely smart people or you having a decent level of intelligence. And just through this conversation, I'd say you have a decent level of intelligence at least. Uh, so congratulations to you on, uh, on, on taking your $600 a week vision and goal and uh, growing it to be something like this. So I got one last question for you. Uh, are you at least making $600 a week now? Uh, a little bit more than that. Okay, good. Uh, not much. Good. Uh, I just yeah. wanted to make sure that you were there because uh, if not, we would have a real problem. Uh, but congratulations wow. to you uh, and your franchise. Uh, I think you guys are doing killer things. I'm a fan, uh, so that's why I mentioned you on that podcast and was like, hey, uh, I've been watching long enough. I feel like he's doing a good job. And um, so, yeah, man. I got I got goosebumps uh, listening to that. No kidding. Uh, it, yeah. it was it was something cool. I was like, a franchisee sent it to me. And uh, he's like, did you hear the shout out? And I was training another set of franchisees. And I, we just stopped what we were doing and listened to it. I ran it around all the franchise uh, company <laughs> staff to and let everybody listen to it. I That's was really like, yeah. But, you know, hey, we're still small time. We've not made it yet. Yeah, and I get it. I appreciate you noticing the success we've had so far. But we've got a lot of work ahead of us. Yeah. And we plan on doing this thing the right way. And hopefully this little talk has kind of gave some light to uh, what franchising can look like yeah. um if nothing else to let the industry know that hey we're about quality um and and doing this thing the right way and supporting our franchisees yep and so cool man well keep busting it and doing a good job and uh what we'll probably do is swing back around to you next year and get an update and uh maybe by then you'll have 50 bro We've got we've got a few talks slated right now. We're yeah. we're getting there. Yeah. So, uh, are you real quick? Uh, what like are you selling? I guess the territory. Are you allowed to talk about the territory? Yeah. Uh, what what is the territory breakdown? I mean, are you selling multiple franchises by state, or is it one state, or is it like multiple territories in a state? So there's a population cap is basically how it works with our, our territory. Okay. And so uh, this is where you'll see major um, uh, metropolitan areas separated by east and west or north and south. So, um, the, but there's no geographical limit on that necessarily. 
um, we want to make sure that it's a reasonable territory and that one location can sufficiently um, uh, supply the services and products that are going to be demanded of that area. Um, so we don't, again, we're not overselling. Um, we want we want to set up a reasonable territory. So um, there may be a, like I said, a north, a south, east, or west um, in a lot of these uh, bigger areas. Okay. And Jesse, if we got one of those guys that's just been working his ass off his whole life, maybe he hit it big in crypto or maybe he's just been saving the whole time. What, uh, how does he get a hold of you if he's just got some questions and may have some curiosity on uh, possibly starting a franchise with you? Yeah, we're absolutely open to having a conversation uh, all the time. That's what we do all day, every day, one of our uh, departments. But um, uh, phone number 8772, that's the number two, open up, um, or website opendoorsforme.com. Nice. Look at you. Open doors for me. I like it. All and right, guys. To open up. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Very creative. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, listen, we're committed to bringing you some of the greatest content in the garage door industry. And uh, we got a lot of stuff coming up. And I think you guys are going to really love. Um, I am hiring like crazy. Uh, we're getting into, um, we might be rolling out like a, a video television show, uh, YouTube channel. Uh, we got two actually that we're looking at rolling out. We're looking at doing some industry news uh, that'll be dropping here very shortly. And uh, just really exciting. Lots of great stuff coming. Uh, stay tuned. Stay engaged. Make sure you subscribe uh, to our podcast. And uh, we will be giving some updates on our um, Torsion Talk Facebook page. And Jesse, like, uh, where are you most active? Are you on social media? Oh, yeah, all over the place. Uh, most active, Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter, we're LinkedIn, all of them. There man. you go. Hit Jesse up on any of those garage. platforms. Access Garage Doors, and uh, if he gave you the phone number, so if you're interested, uh, hit him up, uh, ask him questions, and if it's a good fit, maybe you are awarded the next franchisee uh, of Access Garage Doors. Thank you very much for listening. Have a wonderful day.